Ninja. Hello and welcome again to Geography Ninja and this time we're going to be talking about babies, bribery and birth strikes and the reason for this one um, is really that across the world we have a situation now where fertility rates are in decline and um, if you're not sure fertility rate is the average number of children a woman gives birth to during uh, a lifetime so fertility rate is not quite the same as birth rate which is calculated in terms of the number of children born per uh, 1,000 people in a population every every year so the reason i thought i i would look at this is that you know population is quite a hot issue um in context of all of the environmental um issues around climate change that are going on um uh, you know a few decades ago the the worries about overpopulation particularly from china were were really high on the agenda but um, more recently, work has been done on, on the idea of fertility rates. So <clears throat> this really emerged from some research that was published in the medical journal, The Lancet, which looked at fertility rates and the trends in all countries between 1950 and 2017. And what the research showed was that in 1950, women were having an average of 4.7 children across their lifetime whereas by 2017 um, this figure had, had reduced to 2.4 children so that's quite a big drop uh, you know it's it's half fertility rates halved basically in um, you know around 70 years so uh, of course we could look at this and think well this global overview is going to hide some diversity infertility rates across across the globe so not everywhere uh, the fertility rate is going to be 2.4 children so for example if we take a country like uh, Niger in West Africa the fertility rate is something like 7.1 whereas if we look at Cyprus in the eastern Mediterranean it's one so you know it's a big range of numbers here many countries including the UK have got a fertility rate that is below replacement and the replacement level is approximately 2.1 children. And in other words, for a population to be maintained, procreating couples need to have at least two children. So if you've got any less than that, uh, your population is going to start declining. If your fertility rate is less than replacement level, you're going to have a declining population, which will occur in certain countries and Cyprus we know is, is going to be one of those. So looking at fertility rates, uh, why are geographers interested? I can hear you all asking. Well it's all part of demographics and this is the, the part of geography that is concerned with population growth and population change. So when we're studying things like birth rates and death rates, life expectancies, age, sex ratios, and so on. That's all part of what we would call demography or demographics. So, okay, well, let's have a think about current world population. And for this, I've gone on to the worldometers.info uh, website. Some really great population uh, facts and figures on there. And what it's telling me on here uh, is that current world population stands at 7,738,526,000 
and 27, 8, 9, okay, well, the, it's going up all the time. It's actually, it's, it's a counter uh, that we've got on there. It's also telling me that today we've had just in excess of 220,000 births and we've had something in the region of uh, 93,000 deaths. It's a fact. And what it's also telling me is that every year the average global population uh uh, the growth rate of population is in decline. So um, every year we're adding something like about 82 million people uh, to the global population. But looking at the figures over about the last 60 years, the yearly percentage change in population has shown a pretty steady decline. So <clears throat> back in 1970, uh, population was growing something in excess of 2% per year, whereas actually if you look at the data for 2019, the yearly percent percentage changes somewhere uh, just in excess of, of 1%. In fact, the, the figure I'm looking at is 1.08%. So very, very different. Um, so looking at the, the data on fertility rate, and that again shows a steady decrease from around 1950. And at the same time, um, another um, change that's happened with population is that we're increasingly increasingly becoming an urban species. Um, so that's steadily increased the amount of urban uh, population and that's gone up at the same time as population density. So really what is going on? That's, that is our question. Okay, well, the purpose of this podcast is really to try and examine the importance of the changes to fertility rates by taking a global view but also looking at the impact on individual countries. So, you know, individuals taking decisions about having babies, it's not the same. You know, some, some countries are going to have higher or lower fertility rates. In some locations, um, the state has a really big um, influence in what happens. So, well, I've, I've thought about this as, as what you could term official state-led enticement. Uh, also known as bribery, is happening to persuade people to have more children. That's in certain places. But in other locations, it's the opposite. You know, women are uh, especially are taking decisions not to have any children at all. So we'll, we'll look at some, some specific examples of that in a, in a few minutes. But um, first of all, I'm just going to say something about Dr Hans Rosling. And some of you will maybe know... Uh, Hans Rosling's videos from the BBC or uh, I think many of them can be found on YouTube. Um, Swedish doctor, really very, very entertaining uh, way of presenting population issues through lots of, of uh, graphics and um, different images and so on. Um, but these ideas about fertility and family size, Hans Rosling discusses a lot. And in fact, if you look at his book called Factfulness that came out a couple of years ago, um, in that book he discusses the perceptions of the world and relate, how they relate to economic development. And one section in particular deals with family size and infant mortality. Uh, infant mortality is how many children die in infancy before they reach their fifth birthday. 
So the point being made is that back in 1965, if you were looking at a chart showing that relationship between infant mortality and babies per woman, um, there's a clear difference between what we could call the developing and the developed worlds. And most of us have still got this view that the world is divided in that way. In other words, we're still we're 50 odd years behind where the world really is. You know, the world has moved on. And, um, you know, we think that the world is divided with developing countries still experiencing really high levels of infant mortality. Um, And really it goes on to show that in the present day, family sizes are generally much smaller. Um, Child mortality is, is rarer than it was in the 1960s. And most countries are either in what we would call the developed world in terms of fertility rates, um, well, they're, they're more in the in the middle. Uh, they're more between developing and developed in, in terms of what our perceptions might be. So Hans Rosling goes on to say that today most people are in the middle. There's no gap between the West and the rest, between developed and developing, between rich and poor, and that we should all stop using the simple pairs of categories that suggest there is. So I think that in itself is a really interesting idea. And maybe that, that's, uh, you know, the, the seed of, an, of a new, uh, another podcast um, episode that will, will come your way, you know, over the next few months. Um, but, you know, if we just keep, keep to our idea of fertility rates and so on, Professor Christopher Murray, the director of the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington, has said that we reached this watershed where half the countries have where half of countries have fertility rates below the replacement level so if nothing happens the populations will decline in those countries it's a remarkable transition so what happens then as a result of these changes to fertility level so surely in terms of population growth and resource use and environmental concerns um, a lower population has got to be a good thing. It's got to be a desirable um, outcome. Um, the world population forecast over the next 30 years, including data from the UN, suggests that global population will rise um, to somewhere in excess of, of 9 billion by around 2050. But alongside this population growth, fertility rate is in decline. So that seems to be coming at us from a whole range of different um, directions. So what do we really know? Well, we do know that global population will continue to grow for the next few um, decades. And we know that more and more of us are going to be living in urban areas um, and at higher densities. So we also know that fertility rate is in decline. Um, And what's the reason for this? That's going to be the next question. Well, to try and explain the trend, really the first thing to consider um, is modernisation, the modernisation of society. So various geography uh, models and theories try to explain this. But modernisation... Uh, usually goes hand in hand with urbanisation. And one one aspect of that is, you know, as people move from the countryside to the city, their 
attitudes change. There's the social norms and values tend to shift. Traditional ways of doing things tend to get overtaken by different ways of living in which having a large family isn't is no longer expected um, or desired even. So it's usually a combination of better education for women, um, especially with regard to family planning. That's often seen as, as the, the crucial element, um, as is improvement in things like healthcare, which will result in lower levels of infant mortality. And as we're getting more and more of this rural to urban migration across the world, women are becoming more empowered through improved education opportunities and being able to work, getting, you know, being engaged with the labour force. So as, uh, as well as these enhanced women's rights, um, women living in, in cities as opposed to, to rural areas. Certainly the case in countries with rapid economic growth, such as India and China. Ooh, that's quite interesting. Okay, so do you know what I think what we're going to do is let's have a look at Singapore. Let's, let's look at a few different examples of this. So Singapore is, is one country, it's a city-state really, isn't it? But it's, it's one place that is really keen to try and increase fertility rates. Um, so Singapore's population is around 4 million um, and it would have a declining population without constant immigration. Uh, now, in Singapore, they've got something called the baby bonus. And this, this, is, this is the current Singapore's, Singapore government's incentive for persuading couples to have more kids. And what it is, is a cash payment um, for childcare expenses in Singapore. Uh, so childcare is expensive in most places, Singapore even more so. Um, now, the, the, the official baby bonus Singapore website states that there is a cash gift with each child between uh, somewhere between eight and ten thousand um, dollars. However, it does go on also to qualify this. And it says that uh, for this to be paid, it's got to be a state sanctioned nuclear family um, and if you're an unmarried mother uh, you don't receive the cash gift so there's that little caveat that goes with it um, now Singapore's fertility rate has fallen from 5.7 in 1962 to 1 1.2 in 2019 so quite a dramatic decline um, over the next 30 years, Singapore's population is protect, projected to grow at a very low rate, falling into population decline um, Well, in the, over the next, next few decades. So overall population levels have been boosted by immigration, mostly from nearby um, Southeast Asian countries such as Malaysia, and Indonesia, but also from uh, India and, and China also. Now, I remember back in the early 2000s um, reading some headlines about something called the love boat in Singapore. So that, that grabs the attention. Um, there, was, there was a TV show called The Love Boat around the same, or maybe 10 years before that. Uh, CNN reported 
uh, in inverted commas, a night of romance on the high seas, away from the stresses and strains of modern life. It may sound like a recipe for love. In Singapore, it's a matter of survival. And this story was about uh, their ongoing concern over declining fertility rates. Uh, the development of cruises with a night at a holiday resort uh, was was there to put couples in the mood for love. Um, and it was actually called the Love Boat Package. So included in that uh, Love Boat Cruise were uh, massages, advice on nutrition, aphrodisiacs and aromatherapy, all designed to boost fertility levels. And CNN went on to report um, from a 2002 poll commissioned by the Jurex Condom company, um, they ranked Singapore bottom in a global list of the most sexually active nations. And the conclusion with that was, uh, too stressed from their jobs, they have little drive to make love at the end of the day. So there we are, there's Singapore. Now interestingly, if you go back 50 years, back to the 1960s, Singapore's population policy on fertility was based on its stop at two campaign. So, you know, that's that's changed a lot. 50 years ago, they were concerned about overpopulation and now it's the other way around. They actually want to boost um, the, the birth rate. So another issue for Singapore to contend with is that of the median age of the population, uh, which means, uh, you know, half the population is older than the median and half the population is younger. Now, currently, Singapore's median age is 42.2 but that is set to increase, and by 2050, um, the median age will be something like 53.4. So we've got an ageing population in the mix as well, and that's also not going to do very much for declining fertility rates. All right then, well, let's take a look at Europe. So a lot of European countries have got similar issues uh, where their replacement levels are actually... Um, uh, their their fertility rate is below replacement levels. So just a few examples. Italy's fertility rate is 1.3. Uh, Poland and Portugal um, are at 1. Spain is 1.2. Switzerland 1.5. Iceland 1.7. So all of those countries are below replacement levels. Um, even Ireland, with its majority Catholic population, now has a fertility rate of 1.8, which is the same as the UK. Um, if we look at Eastern Europe, um, Hungary's fertility rate stands at 1.5. And Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban in 2019 has proposed uh, procreation, not immigration, as a policy to incentivise childbearing. So a news article reported in the Guardian newspaper September 2019 uh, set out a stark choice, according to, to Hungary's ruling party procreate or face extinction and this is the message from um, other central european states as well um, in reaction to shrinking populations now orban suggested that it was possible for hungary um, to simply disappear as a nation due to this combination of low birth rates and immigration of hungarians to other eu states to the west and over recent years, Hungary has followed an uh, anti-immigration approach, whereas other European countries, such as Germany, have regarded immigration as a, as a solution to reduced fertility rates. Um, Orban's Hungary 
um, has beliefs which are, can be categorised as the great replacement theory. And, and that, that theory goes along these lines. It says the Western identity is undermined by large-scale immigration from non-European and non-white countries, resulting in the replacement of native populations by newcomers. So um, really linking into sort of identity um, and uh, xenophobia and, you know, however you want to, to look at this. So Orban went on to say, in inverted commas, if Europe is not going to be populated um, by Europeans in the future, and we take this as a given, then we are speaking about an exchange of populations uh, to replace the population of Europeans with others, close inverted commas. And echoing these comments, um, Hungary's Minister of State for Family, uh, Family and International Affairs have stated Europe has become the continent of the empty crib, uh, whereas in Asia and Africa uh, they face challenges of the opposite type. Geography Ninja. <laughs> Okay, well, so as as um, geographers, we might want to ask whether we've got some sort of clash going on here between national interests and global ones. So, you know, does boosting a national population in times of climate emergency, um, what does that say about us? Is that is that more about nationalism? Um, Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott has suggested the biggest threat to Western civilization is not climate change, um, but dying populations. And um, Abbott has also been critical of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle in the UK for suggesting that they would have no more than two children for environmental reasons. Okay, so I don't know what you're making about all these these ideas, um, but I've got another one here for you. So this is um, the idea of birth strike, hashtag birth strike. So look it up, but this is really with growing concerns over climate change and the rise of groups such as Extinction Rebellion, um, birth strike is an idea that is definitely taking hold amongst a certain section of the population, particularly in uh, 20 and 30-somethings. So birth strike describes itself as a worldwide movement of people who have decided not to have children due to climate change. And they go on to say... Um, the threat of ecological and civilization collapse is certain unless the global community acts justly and swiftly. My future and that of my children is in the balance. Um, those who have signed up to both uh, birth strike uh, are raising awareness by saying this is now affecting the human ability and desire to give birth. Um, so all of if all of this wasn't enough, there's there's another issue relating to births and babies, um, and that is one about women's reproductive rights. So you know you, you can't really de detach all of these, but there's been a lot of interest uh, recently and discussion linked to Margaret Atwood's um, novel, The Handmaid's Tale, which has recently also been on TV, so ra raising its profile. Um, and this deals with a, a, a dystopian future in which women are living in a, a, a misogynistic society and exist purely as, as uh, for, for breeding children. So in the US, particularly, there's a very large divide between what are called pro-life 
advocates who want to outlaw abortion and pro-choice supporters who want to allow abortions to take place. So I think this might be a follow-up podcast as well. We'll have a look at the, this uh, idea and you know, you hopefully we'll see there's a geographical aspect to all of these things that we're looking at. Okay, so um, wow, there's a lot of ideas in this one. So look, I hope this has made you think um, differently. I hope it's made you think about fertility rates and babies more than you might usually do. Um, there's a lot to digest, isn't there? So I'm going to leave that with you. And um, I'm looking, already looking forward to doing a, a um, maybe a couple of follow-ups to this one. So that's it. That's Babies, Bribery and Birth Strikes. And this is Geography Ninja signing out. Music